At about 10 a.m. on Thursday, veteran City Hall reporters Carol Marine and Fran Spielman both tweeted a photo of an alderman's office door. I know that sounds unremarkable, but it wasn't just any alderman. It was the door of the longest-serving and most powerful alderman, Ed Burke. And there was a bunch of brown paper all over his windows. I took a cab to City Hall immediately and went straight to the third floor. When I got there, there was a small, tiny crack in the paper, so I went over to peek in. Yeah, there's a back room that has a door open. And one guy has come in and out of that a couple times. There's also some empty Halloween candy bowls sitting right at the front. And then a gentleman sitting at the desk, sort of, he's just looking at his phone. Within the hour, reporters and TV cameras crowded the waiting area and the hallway outside. Back at the station, WBEZ's Dan Mihalopoulos confirmed with a source that the rumors were true. FBI agents were the ones behind the papered-up office doors. Claudia Morrell headed to Burke's ward office on the southwest side, where she found more papered-up windows and more federal agents. Hi, everyone. This is On Background, the WBEZ Politics Podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. This week, we take you behind the scenes as we report on the FBI raid of the offices of Chicago's most powerful aldermen. It's sending shockwaves through the political establishment just months before the city elections. Today, we'll tell you what we know so far and break down who Ed Burke is and why this investigation is so shocking and maybe not so shocking at the same time. Okay, Claudia and Dan are in studio with me now. Claudia, what do we know about what went down early on Thursday morning? Well, I woke up to a text message from my editor, or our editor, Al Keefe, and he said that the feds were raiding Edberg City Hall office. What do I know? Uh, and I freaked out, got up, started texting people, got in my car, and as I was driving down to the station, we decided that it would be better to go to his ward office, which is located in Gage Park, uh, 14th Ward, Southwest Side. And by the time I got there, it took me about 45 minutes. There was uh, not much of a scene there. His office is on a main commercial street. And outside, I saw two City Hall reporters that I recognized, one from the Tribune, another from the Sun-Times. And so I took a photo of the papered windows and tweeted it out. And next thing I knew, within the hour, uh, there were cameras after cameras after cameras, Telemundo, Fox, ABC. Cheryl, it was a long and busy day here at City Hall and at Alderman Ed Burke's Southwest Side Aldermanic offices. The they FBI all came and just lined up outside the office waiting. All right, Dan, what about you? Tell us where you were at this point. So I was on the way to work and um, I got a call also from our editor. And this is a familiar drill for me because I covered City Hall for many years. And I like to joke a lot of times that I would spend more time at the federal building, at the federal courthouse than (laughs) I would at City Hall uh, because there's so many corruption cases. We've seen dozens of aldermen over the years. Of course, in this case, being that it's at Burke, much bigger stakes potentially. And so the first thing we try to do is just confirm what's going on. Spoke to a source that I can't name, of course, and was able to pretty readily confirm that it was in 
indeed the FBI who was inside both of those offices and that they were executing uh, search warrants that had been um, approved apparently by a judge in the uh, pursuit of a criminal investigation. So at this point, we know that it's FBI agents behind that brown papering going through all of Burke's computers and filing cabinets. But outside, everyone's sort of trying to figure out why this is happening, why they're inside. Dan, what else were we able to figure out from official sources? Of course, we were trying to find out what is the nature of the investigation. What are the suspicions that brought them to Burke's offices? And we've been able to find out very little, as is usually the case. Uh, The authorities who are doing the investigating uh, don't want to say very much until or unless there are charges filed. And that wasn't uh, the stage uh, that they were at yesterday or that they're at yet. Um, We called the FBI. They did issue a rare uh, brief statement confirming what we'd already reported. But the U.S. Attorney's Office here in Chicago is also involved. They're the prosecutors here. And we also tried to contact the Office of the Inspector General of the city of Chicago. And not for nothing, I think, should we note that that office did not have the ability to investigate aldermen until a couple years ago. All aldermen, right? Right, right. Before that, they could only investigate other parts of city government, and they would not comment either. So there's very little that we know at this stage. And Claudia, were you able to find anything out out on the street in his neighborhood? So I spent a lot of that morning circling around the block and pacing up and down the block because it was cold outside (laughs) and there wasn't a lot going on. Um, Essentially, we're just standing outside this ward office that's completely covered up and waiting for something to happen. So I followed a Telemundo reporter into the bakery next door. It's owned by uh, this guy named Francisco Ortega. And it really exemplifies the change in that neighborhood from its old Irish Catholic and Eastern European background from when Burke first took office to now being predominantly Mexican-American. I mean, it's one of those bakeries with the tongs and, and the sweets, and you pay with cash. We asked the owner uh, if he saw anything. And he said that when he was closing up around midnight, he saw two white guys walking around, poking around uh, the ward office. And he said he thought it was strange because why would two white guys be out around midnight in that part of the neighborhood and poking around Ed Burke's office? But I say this with the caveat of he said that they were plain clothed people, that they weren't in suits, and there's no way to tell if they were even feds. Channel 5. Hi. How did the agents get inside? So we just have the story of this baker who says that when he was closing up the night before, there were two white guys poking around and it looked shady. Hmm. Meanwhile, at City Hall, where I was, reporters ganged up on one poor alderman who happened to be coming out of his office right next door to Alderman Burke's office. This is Howard Brookins answering a question from Sun-Times reporter Franz Spielman. I don't care to speculate about anything, and, and I wish Alderman Burke the best. He's been a great friend uh, and a mentor in leading me in the right direction with respect to legislation and, and other things. So, 
You hear Veteran City Hall reporter Fran Spielman of the Sun-Times ask Brookins about his own chief of staff who got um, convicted by the feds for his own wrongdoings. Yeah, it's not exactly unprecedented historic news in Chicago that an alderman is being investigated by the feds. Just the day before, I was in federal court for a hearing for Alderman Willie Cochran. He's facing his own corruption charges, which he's been fighting since 2016. The news of his indictment came down in the middle of a city council meeting. Someone came over with an iPad and showed it to him. And then his face changed and he left. So what, it wasn't like a raid, like, I don't, I don't remember it, a stakeout. It, it, uh, I'm trying to remember a, 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 a direct raid here. Um, it's, first off, it would be very rare, but I don't remember being here for one of those. There you hear reporters A.D. Quigg and Craig Delamore. They were both at City Hall where I was talking about all of the corruption cases that they've covered. And if they could remember a time when something like this had happened. Um, I also talked to Bill Cameron, who's been a City Hall reporter for many, many years. Typically with aldermen, uh, moles get wired up and they get him to say incriminating things in vehicles or offices. And I also talked to Carol Marine, who has covered a lot of these federal corruption trials over her career, and she said they don't always have a big raid like what was happening Thursday. And some people, the feds have them, they tell them to walk in and be fingerprinted, and sometimes that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. But what makes this raid particularly shocking is this is Alderman Ed Burke, the dean of city council, the self-appointed historian of city hall. Tell me about Ed Burke, because you've covered him a long time. I wrote a column once that said he's the most powerful alderman on earth. He is. He's been investigated before and never been charged with anything. Dan, who exactly is Ed Burke? So we're talking about a guy who, in, in an era now where the mayors have been much stronger and, and controlled the city council uh, almost by remote control, Ed Burke is probably the most powerful politician in the last you know, 25, 30 years who doesn't go by the title His Honor. He is a guy who has amassed $12 million in various campaign funds. Uh, people like to joke that he's very uh, parsimonious with his money, that he still has his first communion money. But the last two mayors, at least, have not wanted to confront him. They'd rather make a deal with him. And part of that deal with Rahm Emanuel, for instance, when he took office in 2011, was that Ed Burke gets to keep one of the most visible and expensive trappings of his clout, which is a security detail. Mm. And so he has uh, police officers flanking him when he goes to City Hall. And Most dr- aldermen don't get that. <laughs> almost none of the others uh, get chauffeured back uh, to their home. Another trapping of his power that I found particularly interesting and wrote about a few years ago was the fact that his street, although it's a side street and it's very quiet and lightly trafficked, would get snow removal early and often after a lot of blizzards. And that ended, I think, when uh, we wrote about it at the Chicago Sun-Times a few years ago. But it was one of these symbols of, of Burke's power that he would get his street plowed before Pulaski and other major streets in his neighborhood. But why does he have all of this power? Well, he's the longest serving alderman, for one thing. I mean, he's been there, it's going to be 50 years next year. Uh, And 
He is, comes from a, a machine, Southside Irish uh, political family. His dad was an alderman, and uh, he succeeded him in 1969. But yeah, over the years, he's amassed clout that far surpasses uh, any other alderman that we've seen. Part of it is that he's in charge of the finance committee, which is the most important committee. Uh, the other thing is that uh, you know he has a lot of personal wealth. We believe, um, looking at his disclosure forms, we know that his private law firm, Clafter and Burke, does property tax appeals for dozens and dozens of companies that do business with the city of Chicago at the same time. And so very often you'll see him take what they call Rule 14 and say, I can't vote on this because I'm conflicted. You know, this legislation before us is affecting or presumably benefiting one of the companies that does business with his own firm that is a client of his own firm. Mm -hmm. Claudia, if Burke is so powerful, does this kind of investigation make him vulnerable? In this current political climate, this could be a disaster for Alderman Ed Burke, who is bracing for what could be the hardest election of his career. He pissed off a lot of people in his predominantly Hispanic ward when it was revealed that Burke, on his side job as a property tax appeal attorney, saved Donald Trump millions on his Trump Tower Hotel. And so there are four candidates that are lined up against him and they're all going after him. One of them held a press conference, and it was Jose Torres, and that was outside of the ward office while the agents were inside. So what does this mean for your candidacy? It means I was so in race. We started this when Ed Burke was on there. We're going to continue all the way through. We're going to follow through it because this is what the community wants. It's about bringing change back to the community. What, uh, can, we, can we get a picture of this? I'm so sorry, but they're, they're pulling down the... the oh, they're pulling that down. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right, Claudia, we hear a bit of an interruption there. What is going on exactly? So as Torres is talking to the camera crews, because they're all facing the uh, the windows to the ward office, uh, we start to see the paper peeling down. And one of the camera guys and, and Marianne are like, oh, my God, the paper's coming down. Move out of the way. Move out of the way. We need the shot. And so they move the podium. Uh, we get a picture of the paper coming down. And then... We just go back to the press conference again, and he goes back to bashing Burke and saying, see, this is why we need new leadership. Hmm. And then what happened next with the agents inside? Uh, they came out in bunches. Uh, oh, this is great. I went to file a story, and then I hear from another camera guy that another group of agents pulled uh, boxes of files and computers, the ones you saw in the newspaper, from the back alley. Did both the SUVs have tinted windows? Wow. Again, Burke has not been arrested or accused of any wrongdoing at this point. But I want to ask both of you, let's imagine a city council without Ed Burke on it. What does that mean for Chicago? Power bores a vacuum, and he has a lot of power. Who would step in there? Uh, I don't think any one person could just replace him. It took 50 years to create Ed Burke, and I think it'll take another 50 years, perhaps, uh, to create another one like him. But I think uh, it would be difficult for one person to amass all that power, and I think there would be a lot of people looking for different bits and chunks of what he once ruled over. Uh, as far as the federal investigation, the feds are not oblivious to the fact that the election is coming up. They are very sensitive to looking like they're trying to influence any elections. It's a general rule of thumb that they don't want to file charges within a couple months of the election. So if something is going to happen before the election, it may happen within the next few weeks. Claudia? I can put it this way. Uh, on his 50th anniversary at the City Club, I asked almost every alderman I could get, what is one thing they learned from Ed Burke? 
on their time on the city council. And the most common thread was he is a parliamentarian. He knows the rules. He taught me the rules. And now we are seeing more and more aldermen using those rules to their advantage uh, as we're seeing a more unruly city council. It's important that we not rush to write off Ed Burke here. We have to note that in response to these raids, he came out and said, I've been investigated a lot of times. I've never been charged. And this time also, they're not going to find anything amiss. So he says that he welcomes the investigation. I, I don't know if I believe that, but he certainly tried to express that he is not quitting and that he doesn't feel he did anything wrong. I think that's very important. Okay, and at the end of the day on Thursday, Burke did return to his home on the southwest side. Our colleague at WTTW, Amanda Vinicky, was outside waiting for him. Might this hurt your chances for re-election? Uh, that's up to the voters. How do you think it could, or what will you do to try to get voters' trust, given the raids today? I've had the uh, trust of the voters of this uh, community for 50 years. Uh, and I uh, am certain that they know that I am a person of uh, integrity and honesty. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think whether this goes anywhere or not, we found historically depends on who's talking, right? Who's saying silent. So is there someone out there Political people might call it a rat, a beefer, uh, someone who isn't a stand-up guy who is giving testimony, giving uh, information to the government about Ed Burke or, or one of his aides. And I remember on the 40th anniversary of Burke becoming alderman, he issued a coin. It's almost like a Roman coin with his picture on it and a quote that essentially says he will never forget the silence of his friends. He will forget the words of his enemies, but he'll never forget the silence of his friends. And that could really be the key to what happens next. Who's talking, who's staying silent. That's it for today's episode. Thanks to Claudia Morrell and Dan Mihalopoulos. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download the On Background podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. 